Hey guys, what's up? My name is Raylia Lewis. And I'm Amber Distance. And welcome back to Everything is Everything. Okay, so today's show is all about hustle culture and how it can be toxic. Mm -hmm. I'm a hustler. (laughs) And we met hustling. We met pursuing modeling like forever ago, Mm -hmm. like 2012. Yeah. And so much has changed throughout both of our lives. Since then, I went on to continue modeling and, you know, doing my own thing. And it has had some pros and some cons. Mm -hmm. And then you went on and... Yeah, I went to New York. And and you lived there. Yeah. I lived there for like three years. Um, But then I stopped. I just stopped modeling. I just did not want to do it anymore. What happened for you? It... So, the New York hustle is why... I left New York. But when I left New York, I had every intention of still modeling. Okay. Um, but I was tired of trying, honestly. the What I wanted to do with modeling, I wasn't doing it because the hustle came first. And I was just exhausted. I was like, this is not fun anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, but the crazy thing is, it was... It was such a transition after I stopped. It took me like a good year and a half to be okay because my identity mm. was centered around modeling. Mm-hmm. As young as like 12, 13 years old, I, that's who I was. That's who, whenever I would walk down the street, are you a model? Are you a yeah. model? Everyone would say, Amber, you should model. Oh, I'm going to be a ma-. Everything was model. So when I took that away, it was like, who the fuck am I and like what am I doing here and like what is my worth I am kind of experiencing that now really it's tough I look I already feel the the, the tears <laughs> welling but I just got tired mm-hmm. when the pandemic happened oh yeah I got tired of modeling and I felt like I should quit mm-hmm. and I had never felt that before mm-hmm. so it scared me yeah but I went through all of the motions and stages of like psyching myself out, like you don't need it, but then I was still long for it. It's like a toxic relationship. Yeah. You know, it's like I love you, but I hate you because you make me feel bad. Mm-hmm. It started to feel silly to put so much of my self worth and my identity into like this system or this idea of what my life could look like. Like, I, I give modeling everything, you know. I, I live in Philly, so I've been traveling back and forth to New York, working full-time as a model for years. Mm-hmm. You're talking about two-hour train rides, getting mm-hmm. stuck on the expressway, rain, sleet, hella snow. <sighs> You're talking about paying for Ubers, getting last-minute cancellations, booking hotel rooms on your own dime, getting, getting the job, getting the set, dealing with racism, dealing with being judged about your body your agent treating you like shit if they don't like you or if you ask for your money your money taking too long to come <laughs> you getting older so you you trying to like chase that because you know ageism is a very real thing mm-hmm. um All i gave that. it so much mm-hmm. and i still wasn't happy I still couldn't find my happy and it was like an oxymoron i feel like because it was like as much as i Loved it and thought it made me feel good. I hated it and it made me feel bad. And I had to start going to therapy. And I'm still kind of grappling with it. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out who am I. Mm-hmm. 
I know I'm good at other things. I know that I enjoy other things, but all I have ever wanted was to model. Yep. <laughs> and I decided to jump like full force into entrepreneurship because mm-hmm. modeling is just, it's not practical after a certain age in my, in my opinion, I'll say. Yeah. It's not fulfilling. It's not that stable. I think that your tolerance changes when you get to a certain age. I agree. I hit 30, and I didn't want to do the same things anymore. I didn't want to just put it all out there in the same way. You know, I went to Africa, bet everything on that. Mm -hmm. I did that in 2014, Mm -hmm. moved to L.A. for a year, moved to Miami for a bit. I did New York. I did the model house circuit. I gave it everything. Mm -hmm. And then I hit a wall. And I was like, I don't think I got nothing else. (laughs) I think I'm out of, like, things to give it. Mm-hmm. And you go through, like, the ego death. You go through the, I'm quitting, I'm a failure. I'm still not certain about what I'm going to do because I still have that love for it. Right. So I couldn't relate to it when you said it took you about a year. Yeah. I'm still not ready to be like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. But it is probably, like, the premise or the root to, like, most of my, like, internal <laughs> And most of my conflict. That's valid. You know, and I get up every day and I try to make myself remember that I'm good enough, that I'm still working, that what I am doing is still valuable and valid because Mm -hmm. now that I work for myself most of the time, I don't feel that busy. And because I don't feel that busy, I feel like I'm not doing shit. And I feel like I'm not working. And I got to remind myself, like, you run businesses. Yes. I'm also a mentor now. I'm a mentor model. Aww. Yes. You're doing that. You know, this podcast. Mm-hmm. But some days I still feel like, am I doing what I enjoy? Or, like, am I succeeding? And I really am, like, needing, like, the meditation and the yoga to, like, center me and bring me back to the present because I'm, like, so anxious. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, yeah. it's like, and I know it's my beliefs. And I'm trying to, of course, like work on my beliefs and retrain and reprogram myself. But I was telling my boyfriend the other day, like that journey between where I am and where I want to get is so unfamiliar. (laughs) It's like you in a dark alley. Oh, and it's so scary. (laughs) And it seems so isolating and lonely Mm -hmm. that sometimes I have to force myself to relax and just stay here. And that has probably been the hardest thing to do recently. Because I'm, I was always able to distract myself with, like, work, mm-hmm. with, like, traveling, with, like, oh, I got this job coming. And now when I decided, like, yo, my anxiety getting too bad. Like, I got to chill. Mm-hmm. You know, when I decided to really start, like, being honest about what I didn't want to do for modeling anymore, mm-hmm. that's when shit started feeling worse. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm trying to dig myself out of the idea of, Because I tell myself that I know that one career does not define me. Right. You know, I know that my purpose, my identity is not censored or really solely in modeling. But we convince ourselves of these things. And it really takes work Mm -hmm. to dig ourselves out of that. So what did healing look like for you? What did that consist of? That shit was hell. It was... It was... (laughs) It was horrible. It was like confusion, chaos, um, 
it was depression, anxiety. Um, but I can say that it sent me on the path that I needed to be on to get to where I am now. And I think, and I almost like don't want to say this because life just, I, but I know that. I know you come into moments of life where you have peace and then you go into transition and you have turmoil again. And there's no avoiding that. But I'm at a place in my life where I have the most peace. I love that, that for you. I've, girl, I love it too. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, it was a long time coming. It took me like, I think, when did it start? In like 2018 is when the journey started. I remember you said you were moving back home. This is me like seeing you on social media. Mm-hmm. I never thought you were done modeling. I just right, thought that you were first. just going back. Because you are the same distance than I am from right. New York. So yeah. that same two-hour ride is the same thing yeah. I was doing. Because yeah. I went back home, mm-hmm. you know. But I was like, I had my agent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to just get through it. Yeah. You know. But I get it. You run out of gas. Yeah, that that ride that trip i was just so done with new york i did not want to be in new york i didn't want to take no bus rides up there that's how i feel now it was it was just like it the benefit wasn't worth all that i was putting out and that's how that's how i feel now right when i even when i think like economically like the Mm -hmm. the pay right yeah because as I'm, I'm teaching a model, I'm prepping to actually do doing like a master class, like a online master class about teaching girls how to become models and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And taking everything that I've learned throughout my experience and packaging it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm breaking down like payment. Because, you know, when you work with an agency, it's 30 to 90 days to receive payment. Mm-hmm. So if I book a job in March, I probably won't see it to June. Mm-hmm. That 30 to 60 days is bullshit. Yeah. 90 to 100 is the real yeah, window. If they're not stealing your money. If they're not stealing your money, right? The amount of energy you put into chasing this career from doing the photo shoots, I've spent thousands on my portfolio. I've traveled hundreds of thousands of miles for photo shoots to no real, like, tangible benefit outside yeah. of the idea of what it could become, right? Mm-hmm. Now that I'm grown as fuck, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, like, I want to buy a house in a few years. I want assets and shit. Yeah, that's exactly where I can't were. see modeling solely being the reason to, or helping me get there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, I kind of start looking at modeling like it was a hustle now when re- usually or before it was my career. Now that I have more knowledge and information, it feels like a hustle. It feels like I'm always waiting to be chosen. Yes. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. It was just like sitting around waiting to be chosen. Which exactly. doesn't feel good on my spirit. Mm-mm. And I had a really, like, traumatic experience with CoverGirl that kind of, like, got me here. Wow. Where they, they put me on hold and released me nine times. What? In a year. These were pictures you already did? No, like they were putting me on hold for jobs, like to oh, book me okay. there for their new their new campaign or their new makeup products. They were they would put me on hold and I'm like, I've got it. This is my dream job. And they would release me. And they did it every month for about a year. And every month I got my hopes up that this was my chance. Oh my god. And every month they destroyed my confidence. Yeah, that's not like it did it right there. And as much as I would try to, like, champ through it and not be upset or attached to it emotionally, people would give me advice, like, it's not your time yet, or 
you know, they would just try to like help me out. Or you, you've done so great. It's okay. I just, I just couldn't stop feeling like, am I not good enough? Or why isn't this working for me? Or am I cursed? Or, you know, I got into like the, the entitlement, like blaming stage. And I just really was having a real hard time, like dealing with myself emotionally. And it really started to affect my mental health in a way that I felt about myself. And as a self-aware person, you know, I wanted to start to feel better. I wanted to be happier. And when I think of happy, it's hard to see me modeling because so much of who I am is constantly being forced into situations, into Mm -hmm. long days, into clothes, into the ideas of what other people think I should be. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like I'm starting over. And I think that's what most of, like, the fear is. It puts, like, the lump in my neck where I feel like I can't swallow because it's, like, so much fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm having to force myself to work through fear, which is, like, paralyzingly difficult. So I'm doing things in my life to, like, actually do that. Like, I'm doing things that scare me. Mm -hmm. If something scares me, I'm I'm making an effort to go towards it. You know, yeah, like and the Will Smith motto. Yeah, I just read his book, so that's so funny that you tied that into it. I just feel like I need to. I feel, I feel like fear is fake. I feel like it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. It's just a feeling. Normally, you get to the place you want to get to, and there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. But mentally, we give it so much power. Mm-hmm. So for me, freedom is on the other side of fear. And I, I, I'm trying to surrender to the idea or, or what the universe or God even wants for my life. Because I do think that you get to a place in life where sometimes you got to be still yeah. and let things happen for you. And sometimes life forces you to pivot yeah. into the, maybe your bigger purpose or where you really belong. Yeah. And people say that and it sounds so <laughs> philosophical and so powerful, but... That doesn't feel good emotionally at the time. Because until you know what the pivot was for, you in the dark. Yeah. you just like, what the fuck is going on? And you have to deal with all of these real emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the imposter syndrome. I'm talking about the negative thoughts. I'm talking about just the anxiety, if you have anxiety. Like, your anxiety can get so much worse if you are not like anchored in something if you don't have certainty and because life is uncertain <laughs> you, have to, you have to have i've been studying buddhism a little bit I, I, i've been being pulled in that direction it's great but not in a, from a religious standpoint just from a, yeah because it's really not like a religion it's okay more like a philosophy or like a perspective okay the way i see it and they they do teach that and it sounded crazy when I first heard it. I was like, how the hell am I going to do this? You have to find peace in knowing that everything will change all the time. And just like fully accepting that so much. Because if you try, try to find peace in one thing, then it's taken away from you. Because we live in a temporary world. Where everything is always changing. Yeah, so you just have to surrender and embrace the change. <laughs> <laughs> It is okay. It is okay because when I think about my life before I've been in like this little funk I'm in right now, it was okay. It was great. Mm -hmm. Even with the, sometimes the failures, there were still things to balance those out. Mm -hmm. But I think that now because I'm like walking away from or not pulling myself back a bit from something that I've always seen as my identity, Mm -hmm. 
That's why I feel so, like, grief-stricken. Yeah. So I'm, like, having to learn how to, like, be okay with, like, not being on the set today or maybe even tomorrow. You know, being yeah. okay with not wanting to go to auditions and fighting those you're giving up or you're not working hard enough or you're missing out on something with you're taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and you deserve this time. You yeah. gave damn near a decade to this. Like, you deserve, you owe it to yourself to just decide maybe I should try something different or maybe I should do something a little different and not fully just desert that, but mm-hmm. the kind of life I want, it can't, I can't just be a model. And I was already moving towards that even before the pandemic because I had already started my accessory line in 2017. I had written my first book in 2016. So I was always like doing other things, right. but modeling was like, my thing mm-hmm. and everything else was like in addition to right. so now i'm like ceo entrepreneur mm-hmm. and that's such a different environment and that's so scary in itself too but it yeah. feels like it could be more fulfilling in the long run because it's something that i can control and that my physical appearance doesn't matter or mm-hmm. my ability to pose well doesn't matter. I'm mm-hmm. like pushing a product and I have the freedom and I can be the fucking brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm finding my power in that, but it's a, it's a day by day thing, y'all. Yeah. You know, I'm taking it one day at a time and what I am doing, cause I'm sure a lot of you are going through different phases in life and life. I'm at, I'm sure y'all are probably confused or stuck, maybe heartbroken. Maybe you just lost your job. You know, we all are one we all are struggling with something. And I feel like when we talk about like healing, we don't really give people like tangible tools to heal. And I'm a real like literal person. So I want to know like <laughs> how long you did it? Like how you do it? And most people just give you like this glazed over like answer. Like, you know, I just took my time, took it one day. I want to know what you did <laughs> so I can do it. So I'm going to share what I'm doing and feel free to pitch in at any moment. So what I have been doing is I got into yoga. Yeah, because I had a lot of issues with just grounding, with not feeling anxious, and um, with not panicking, right? Mm -hmm. And I had issues with patience and um, just really irritable. I couldn't stay present. I couldn't fight out the negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. They They were consuming me and making me worried about the quality of my life in the future because how I felt in the present. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to stay present. So I got on a yoga mat. And every day before you even got here, I got on my yoga mat. I do yoga for about an hour and a half every day. Wow. I do affirmations. I meditate. I think about the life I want. I visualize the life I want. Anything that scares me, I envision myself doing it and enjoying it and laughing. Um, I see myself making money. You know, I have my own mantras. My cat, y'all, is so annoying if y'all heard anything. <laughs> uh, I have my own mantras that I tell myself, like, I am safe. The universe is working for me. I trust God. I am getting stronger and stronger every day. I am enough. I tell myself that as much as I need to hear it. I am also, like, reading books about, like, anxiety and, like, how to cure it. Those books are helpful because they just help you understand what's happening. They help you understand that you're not losing your mind. You're not dying. <laughs> you're okay. Those things are impossible. You are safe. Even a panic attack is harmless. An anxiety attack is harmless. So when you start to 
remind yourself that it's harmless, you take the power back from it and you don't go on that catastrophic, you know, realm or a tangent of making things so much worse for you. And just also reminding myself that I'm in control. Like whenever I feel like I don't have control over my feelings, over how I feel, I remind myself that my body knows what it needs to do to feel safe, to function properly, to keep me alive. And I remind myself that it's mind over matter and that I am in control. And I do it every day. And and actually what I do at night, before I go to bed, I turn on like affirmations to reprogram my subconscious mind in my sleep. Oh, yeah. I love listening to affirmations too. That was my cat, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But I turn on my affirmations. I do like safety affirmations in my sleep. I do affirmations about like what I want to manifest, like money, like more self-confidence you know mm-hmm. whatever i'm i feel like i need i like specifically look for affirmations like that mm-hmm. because i need to reprogram my subconscious mind because my beliefs are leading to my quality of life yes. and the way that i'm feeling yeah. and instead of me allowing it to take over me and control the trajectory of my life i have the choice on how i'm going to let it affect me so with knowing that Every day for me is self-care day right now. Every day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really has to be. Every day is healing. I'm talking about healing. I'm having conversations with my friends. I'm being vulnerable. I'm, I'm saying I'm scared and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to therapy, which I think is so important. Love therapy. Therapy is so important. Why is therapy important to you? Um, therapy helps me to... So my mind tends to go in these loops and spirals. And when I'm in therapy, it's like it throws a wrench in the loop. Like the therapist helps me gain a different perspective or a different way to look at something Mm. where I can like pause and say, okay, instead of it going in this one direction, it can go in these like 10 different directions. I don't know. Like the possibilities are endless. And some of these possibilities are very positive. Um, So they just help me realize my thinking patterns which are often a little they're called thinking errors and that helped me too when I realized like the brain it's just a program like that's not who we are like we are not our brain we're our spirit and our consciousness the brain is just like re- redoing these like learned programs and yeah. it's telling you all these fears and all these things because it wants to protect itself, but that shit ain't real. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I just let my brain do what it does, and I'm like, okay, you're, you're. That's what it's supposed to do. It's like a computer. So you don't internalize your no, thoughts. I don't internalize my. You thoughts. don't personalize them. Right. I just know that it's kind of like a computer computer program, and it's just running and doing whatever it's going to do i read a book called i think the untethered soul where it talked about observing yourself yeah and i feel like that's kind of what you're speaking to where it's like you you're looking and you're seeing what's happening you're acknowledging it's there but you know it's not you right so anxiety that can't exist in a space where yeah you you there's no space for it like because anxiety is you worrying yeah you force my anxiety has went down a lot like i've I barely, I mean, I still get it sometimes. Health anxiety still messes with me. Okay. But for the most part, it's it's gone from here all the way down to here. Like, it doesn't bother me so much. And this anymore. was all done, like, holistically with just, like, behavioral therapy? Yeah. Just, um, just, like, with affirmations and researching podcasts 
Oprah Super Soul Chef Sessions, Wayne Dwyer, Eckhart Tolle. Wayne Dwyer, uh. <laughs> um, Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about the only moment that exists is the moment that we're in now. For example, the other day I was driving home, and I was like, I'm so happy to be driving home to my house right now. Like, this just feels really good. And I could feel my old pattern trying to come back Woo! and say, yeah, but you need to get this fixed. And what about the other day? You didn't want to go home. And it owed me, I would have let that come in and disrupt it. And yes. And like ruin my joy and my peace for that moment. But that doesn't matter because I feel joy in this moment. Yes. And this is the only moment that I'm in that exists. Yes. So it don't matter if yesterday I was sad or that tomorrow I got to do this. It only matters that right now I feel joy. And if I'm in a moment and I'm feeling sadness or anxiety, I tell myself like, this is just normal. Like this is It's a human experience. It's a human experience. It's gonna be gone soon. I'm just gonna ride this out and like let myself feel it. And there's there's nothing bad about feeling this right now. I agree. And sometimes like every now and then I get like this kind of anxiety that like turns my bones and I like can't stay still. I make myself mm-hmm. sit in it a lot, but sometimes I'm just like overcome by the feeling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do to stop it, right? Mm-hmm. The book I'm reading talks about not stop, trying to stop it. But sometimes, like, I need the relief, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure some of y'all can relate because all of our anxieties are different, like the fingerprint, right? There's no one that's really alike. Right. What I've noticed that really, like, stops your anxiety is yoga, walking, being around people you love, mm-hmm. like, laughter, dancing, yes. sports, working out, Absolutely. like, creating yeah. Like, I haven't had no anxiety since you've been here because we have been working, creating, yeah, just in the, in the moment. And that's what it's about. When you're present, there's no anxiety. Mm-hmm. The anxiety is, what about the future? Right. What's happening tomorrow? That's what that is. Mm-hmm. So being conscious of that, it allowed you to have power because you know you're okay as long as you focus on the present and when you are in that anxious state, you'll be fine because the mind will naturally go back to the present when it when it's ready. But you do have to help it sometimes. You know, you do have to reprogram it and fight off your negative thoughts with positive thoughts. And Wayne Dyer is someone who really helps me just ground myself and just expand the way I think. I want to read my daily mantra that I got from Wayne Dyer. It's not his words verbatim. It was what I felt like writing down. <laughs> and basically what I tell myself every day is trying to control leads to ruin. And trying to grasp, we lose. Allow your life to unfold naturally. It is a vessel of perfection. Just as you breathe in, breathe out. There's a time for being ahead, a time for being behind. There's a time for things not to work out. You're not doing anything, you're being done. I love that. I love when you said your life is a vessel for perfection. Yeah, because it truly is. And sometimes we forget that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get so caught up in our fears and what we think things should look like and what social media is saying. We forget that our lives are perfect. Perfect. Everything is happening exactly how it's supposed to. Yeah. And I'm just big on like, I tell myself like empty your mind, like be formless, be like water, you know, because... Like he said, and trying to control, like, it leads to ruin. Yes. And resistance, too, will lead to ruin. Yes. Like, once I stopped resisting, like, 
everything that I was feeling and the things that were going on that I didn't like, it was like the floodgates open. Like, I just let whatever be, just be, let myself feel however I'm feeling and like accept it and learn to love it. Like, I tell myself, like, I love this problem that I'm facing right now. Okay, I like that. (laughs) Because I know that I'm getting gems from whatever this problem is. Like, this problem is Like, it's stretching you. You're learning. That's a good way to look at it. I think perspective is so important. Mm -hmm. And I named this episode Hustle Culture because I do think that we are conditioned to put our self-worth in, like, this idea of, like, hustling and working and i'm not trying to be on no gandhi like buddhist type shit where i'm like go be a monk don't work get away from western society or culture no but i do think that we need a component of that like peacefulness and of that like ability to just be present and just be because so much of us are suffering because of the expectations we put on ourselves to be a boss to be a millionaire to be busy to be great like We give ourselves so much pressure. I know I do. To just show up and always win. Mm-hmm. That you can't really handle the losses. <laughs> you can't even take them well. Because you think that you're not doing enough. Or you should be doing X, Y, Z. And I think a large portion of that comes from social media. Like there's so much. Absolutely. There's so many conversations on social media happening about like work harder. And sometimes I think you got to slow down. Yeah, you do. There's a time for, like, working hard, but most of the time, it's time to rest. <laughs> because to me, working real hard is trying to control. Yes. Like, I was, like, chasing the ghost. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't, and, and this is why I told my mom this the other day. Like, you take yourself everywhere you go. Because sometimes we think that we can, like, outachieve our traumas, right? Like, we can mm-hmm. get rid of our low self-esteem, our lack of self-love, our pain through rewards, through performance, through trophies. You take yourself everywhere you go. You can make the million dollars, but if you feel like garbage, you won't feel like garbage just with more options. And if you focus on rewards, you're going to keep focusing on rewards, and it's never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough, and that's my kryptonite. Yeah, I've always been, like, very Mm career-driven, very, like, reward-driven, like, results, results, results. Mm -hmm. So I'm crippled when, like, I'm not getting the results. Okay. And it was easier for me to not get results when I was in my 20s because I felt like I had so much more time, right? Yeah. Now in my 30s, I'll be 31 next month, I'm like, get it together. (laughs) You know, so and yeah. me and my friends talk about how we are like just going through life and just feeling a little heavier into our first year of our 30s because we're like unpacking our shit and we don't feel like we all did exactly what we wanted to do before 30. But then, you know, you have duality is the thing. You have more than one side to you. Yes. And I step outside of that and I'm like, bitch, you was on TV. <laughs> You don't went to Africa. You lived there. Yeah, you don't have billboards. You don't work with peps. Get shut up. <laughs> Sit down. Sit the fuck down. So, you know, you got that, that good part of you, that bad part of you. And they are sometimes in conflict. Yeah. So I am committed to allowing me to matter to myself, not because I work hard, but because I exist. Yes. Exactly. And that That's is what I'm on. learning. 
I deserve an amazing life. It's my birthright. Yes, it is. And I shouldn't have to work hard to be to deserving of that. You don't have to earn it. And I think hustle culture contributes to the mm-hmm. idea that I am not good enough if I don't achieve. Yeah. It just it's capitalism. They want us all out here running the rat race so that we can keep making money for this system and for people who make the most money at the top and this is just a system that was created. This isn't life. Like, we could all be in the grass, like, chilling. That's not what life is right now, but... Correct. I get it. This doesn't add to our value. Like, our value is not dependent on how much money we make and how much we achieve. That's just the system telling us that we should do that. But that's not real. Like Yeah. Like you said, we're... We deserve it because we exist. Yes, and... We all deserve that. I put a lot of pressure on myself, so I'm learning to give myself my flowers. My therapist even, uh, she said something one day that made me like take a little step back. And she was like, I want you to rethink and unpack failure because you're not that. She's like, nothing. She's like, all the things that you've done are all the things that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So where are you gauging or getting that you're failing from? And she's like, I need you to rethink that. And that's what is really good about going to therapy and talk to someone who is, like, not your relative or not your friend and they don't have, like, a connection to you in any way. They can really give you, like, sound advice and a different perspective. Yeah. So did you ever think about it? Did you ever answer it? I, so I deal with the negative thoughts and the positive thoughts. I'm Mm -hmm. still at a place where I'm, like, I know I'm not a failure, Mm -hmm. but then I get that sneaky thought every now and then where I got to feel like I'm not doing enough. Okay, so it's more of you feeling like you're not doing enough that makes you feel like the failure. Yeah, and I'm worried about if I'm not doing enough now, then what is a year going to look like? And what is two years not going on that loophole? Exactly. Now that I'm aware of what I'm doing, I'm able to, like, not give it as much life or... um, you know, when you know something is a thing, you can call it a thing. And mm-hmm. you can control it. But mm-hmm. I'm still trying to separate myself from not wanting to feel the emotions of thinking it. Right? Mm-hmm. Because when you start doing that, you start to feel bad. Yeah. And I hate to feel bad. And then I get, oh. <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, nobody wants to feel yeah, bad. Yeah, so, like, having a champ and power through the space that I'm in where it's like, you know what to do. And you just got to let your body do what it needs to do and you can't like rush the process of healing and you gotta like let yourself be human and give yourself some grace i'm figuring that out and i realize like i'm so much better at giving other people grace and other people Mm -hmm. like love in certain ways than i am myself Mm -hmm. like why do we do that yeah like if because if you were talking to me and you were like i'm thinking about quitting modeling like you were in my shoes or whatever and you were just saying, like, I would, I would totally still believe in you as a model. I would totally be like, you got this. Like, I would be em- looking to empower you, but, like, there would be no doubt in my mind that you would figure your life out. Mm-hmm. But when it's myself, I'm like, but am I going to figure it out, though? <laughs> what is happening to me? Like, I guess that's just, like, the ego. The ego was real. Mm. Yeah, the ego is a little motherfucker. Yeah, so these kinds of conversations are just so helpful because you don't feel so alone or so isolated. You know, we're all dealing with some shit. Yes, we're all dealing with it. And we are all a work in progress. Mm-hmm. 
So now it is time for the very first segment, IG Meme of the Week. So the meme that I chose this week, Amber, is a little long, so I'm going to try to read it pretty slowly so that you can kind of like grasp everything I'm saying. So it says, having a man that provides solutions to my problems is top tier masculine energy that I require. I don't have to worry and go into survival mode, which creates space for me to thrive in my femininity. Hmm. When I saw this, I thought it was toxic. <laughs> and I screenshot it like, I'm going to talk about this. And I'm going to talk about why it's toxic. Because on the surface, it sounds good. It sounds like someone wants a provider, a protector, mm-hmm. someone that can help them get through life better. A lot of women want a hero, somebody to come save them. I think that's something that many women... Yeah, and we've been conditioned to believing that that's a way that we should function romantically when you look at, like, our fairy tales and the books that we read and the TV shows and the movies that we consume. So I get it. Yeah. As someone who is (laughs) self-aware, who is doing the healing work, who gives men space to be vulnerable and emotional beings, I think is insanely unfair to think that a man should possess qualities that you yourself need to possess internally and i also don't think that you should require someone to always have answers to your problems like that's like you don't even be having an answer i'm having trouble over here in my own life and i gotta iron out your shit too it's just too much pressure we all came here without choosing to on a I guess I don't want to say on a spiritual level because you know spiritually we chose to be in these bodies and go to our parents and all that fun yeah. philosophical <laughs> shit I'm talking about me being born a year I'm born in a body I'm born and I ain't picked this okay and we came here and there's no blueprint we're all mm-hmm. lost sometimes we're yeah. confused we're finding ourselves we're here, to figure it out. we're here to figure it out and it's about finding people throughout your journey to help you get through life and to make memories and share love and you know build community with Mm -hmm. but to require people men specifically to kind of like always have to cape and save you and if this spoke to like something like maybe like you paying a bill I wouldn't have been as annoyed by it Mm -hmm. but for me it sounded like you're trying to escape your reality by putting your load onto your man and expecting him to be able to carry it because that's masculine. And that's what just did not rub me the right way. Yeah, because that's not true. And I think that we are both masculine and feminine. Right. Like, all creatures are, right? right. We We need that balance. And I think that it's important to have a partner that balances you out. Yes. Like, I'm a warrior. My boyfriend... It's better with, like, being present and with solutions. He always Mm -hmm. tells me, don't worry about the mess. Focus on the cleanup. Mm -hmm. So I tell him, like, hold me accountable. Like, when I'm going down that spiral of negative thinking and I'm worrying, reel me in. That's asking for help. That's asking for support. But by no means do I think that he should heal me or fix me. You know, and I think that this post just is looking for people to escape. It's like escapism. Mm-hmm. You know? And she ain't never gonna find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not realistic. And you, you can embrace the feminine part of yourself and 
attract things to you but at some point you're gonna have to embrace the masculine part of yourself and get out there and fix your problems yeah and chase after things and find solutions and work and your man can help you with some things but some Mm -hmm. things he can't like especially especially we talking about healing like most men don't know nothing about that. Yeah. Most men are not emotionally in tune or evolved. They're not trying to go see a therapist. So if you're looking for some work emotionally, you're going to have to, like you said, be assertive and be masculine and go out and figure out how to heal. And mm-hmm. healing is a solo journey. Yeah, it is. Your boyfriend can't hold your hand through that. Nope. They can sit on the side of the bed and hold you while you cry. <laughs> They can remind you you can do it, but the act of actually like healing yeah. is personal, and it's and and then it's just not fair to look over their load and and what they could be carrying because you feel like as a woman your emotions are more valid or more important. Wow. Yeah, you know, and that's that's why some men are in positions where they're not allowed to um, express themselves now i mean if you got a woman that you like somebody you in love with and you want to marry her and she feel like you should have all the answers i couldn't imagine the pressure because it's easily to speak generally and be like a man and a woman and ain't nobody gonna pressure me but when you get with somebody that you love and yeah. you want them to think the very best of you yeah. you do begin to lose yourself in you the yeah. idea of what they want you to be or even that expectation yeah. so i can totally see why men struggle with emotions and with the overload and a burnout in ways that maybe we don't in relationships because they bear the mo- the most. Right. You know, because they can't really, they can't, like, when, me, when I'm going through it, I can just fall and cry. My man, when he going through it, he just got to... He got to be strong. He got to be strong. <laughs> yeah, I can see if she says, like, I want a man who's a problem solver um, because that's a good asset. Solution-based. A, a partner. Yeah. He can't be solving all the problems by himself. You right. need to also be a problem solver. But, um, like, I know that I do like that my husband is smart and that he does think of solutions to things so that he can help me and support me. But I don't expect him to solve all my problems. And I never even thought about, when I thought about wanting a partner, That was this was never, like, something I considered. Mm-hmm. Like, I just always wanted to feel love and to give love. I never was like, he need to be able to do, build me a car. <laughs> like some, no, because some of the things that I see, like, not just women, but people, like, talk about when they talk about, like, did you have a long list when you were dating? Or, like, all the things you wanted a guy to no. embody? Me either? Okay. No. Me either. I care more about the quality of the person. I didn't care about your religion. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about you believe in everything I believed in. I just cared about the way you made me feel and the way yeah. we felt together. Yeah. So that's why I don't understand this kind of dialogue. Right. Not my style. Yeah. I'm not with it. <laughs> my meme is a bit long as well. It's, I don't believe our world needs more positivity. I believe our world needs minds that are are equipped to be with the complexity of life. Mm. Minds that can hold nuance and polarity. Minds that can stay grounded, centered, and open to the full range of what it means to be human. Mm. I love that. 
I love it too. I'm like, if this is just not like right on the nose of like the peak of my healing journey, it's when I gave myself space to to accept the nuance and the diversity of life and all the emotions that come with it. Like, it's not just about running to all the feelings that feel good mm. and all the moments that feel good, but to fully accept that life is both. Like, life is pain as well. Life is suffering. Life is sadness. It's also joy and love. And, and pleasure. Yes, and pleasure. <laughs> it's not you're on the right track if you're experiencing happiness and you're on the wrong track if you're experiencing depression or I anxiety. needed that. Yes, I needed that at one point too. <laughs> Sometimes I think that plays into the guilt you feel, mm-hmm. which makes you feel more stressed yes, and more anxious worse. because you feel like, I'm fucking my life up. I'm destroying myself. Yeah. And I asked somebody recently, because they were like, you stressing yourself out like you fucking up. And I'm like, give me space to be human. Yes. I'm like, give me space to feel. Like, I know you have good intentions. I know you want to see me feel better, but please do not expedite my process. Mm-hmm. And please do not make me think for a second that I'm not allowed the space to just yes. cry and not figure it the fuck yes. out. And we can... I had to tell my mom this the other day. I told her how I was feeling. And she's like, you're the strongest person I know. What do you mean you feel down? What do you mean you don't know what's going on? What do you... And I felt like she was lying, like, disappointed or mad at me. Aww. And I was like, I wasn't angry with her because, like, I know my mom loves me. I know mm-hmm. she wants to support me. But I'm like, I told her, I'm allowed to be weak sometimes. Yes. I'm allowed to not know what's next. I'm allowed to, I should be able to tell you that without you thinking that I'm not strong. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much strength and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It takes so much courage for somebody like me to say they need help. Because I am so here strong, and I am so mm-hmm. self-reliant, and I am, like, trooper, like, get through it. You're the ram, right? Yeah, I'm the ram, mm-hmm. right? But that can be super dangerous, too. Mm-hmm. I don't have high-functioning depression. Mm-hmm. But I've been thinking about Chelsea Christ. I think I said her name right. Is that um, Miss... Miss USA. Yeah. Her suicide, like, was really triggering. Oof. Yeah, it broke my heart I literally so cried bad. and I don't cry about I cried too. people that I don't know and I think we all I think most of us saw ourselves in her in a way yeah maybe that's what it not was. directly like that's my but like when you are a woman who you and you feel like you're beautiful and you want to go into entertainment yeah. and you do everything right and you perform and you put in the uniform and then you you get all these great things and you still ain't fucking happy you know, and you still don't know who you are, and you feel, you feel more wounded after you did all the great things than you felt before. Mm-hmm. Like I felt happier when I was like had two dollars <laughs> in my pocket, and I was trying to chase. You know, now it's like more complex and more pain and more pressure, and you know that was just like it was a wake up call for me to just be honest. Mm-hmm. It's power in just talking to people. Yeah. And I'm deserving of community. I'm deserving of help. I don't have to carry it alone. Yeah. People care. Yes. Because I sometimes feel like when you're like this strong black woman, you're kind of conditioned or life makes you feel like, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Put your big girl panties on and get yeah. to it. Like you just gotta get through it. You just gotta get through it. We need love. Yeah. We need help. We need community. Mm-hmm. We need reassurance. Mm-hmm. You cannot superhero your way through life. And recently I've just been honest. And in honesty, I scared my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you about an honest moment I had too that was it sounds scary, but it was really Okay. Big. Go ahead. Yeah, um no, I, do you want to share one? No, no go ahead. ahead. Share yours first. Oh no, I just oh, was sure. telling her like Oh, that moment that That moment in the car I just told her the other day. And I was like so like stoic and like I wasn't crying in. I was just like, yo, like this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And she ain't know what was going on. She like, what? So what you saying? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, take me home. <laughs> take me home. Gotta go. My honest moment, because I want people to understand that like it's okay to feel like you don't want to live life. Life is hard as fuck. I had a moment where I was like, I just feel like it would be better to just like be with God. Like, I feel like that experience, like, whatever happens after this might be better. And then a voice was like, yeah, it would be better, but it wouldn't be this. And then it was like, this feeling just came over me, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I love my life, and I love myself so much. Like, this is all going to end one day, and it's so fucking beautiful. And enjoy the motherfucking ride. because... The world you don't needs get you it forever. And no, even if I don't know if I believe in reincarnation, even if you do come back, it's never going to be this. Like yeah. I'm never going to have this body. And then you stop a process that ain't done because if you wasn't supposed to be here, you, you would not be, be here. here. Yeah. So it's your beliefs. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing is tackling my subconscious, my beliefs, because there's purpose. Mm-hmm. I am healthy. Yeah. I got my right state of mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that this guy making me feel this way. This is me. Yeah. And I'm not blaming people who deal with depression or who deal with anxiety. I am taking ownership over my quality of life and over how I feel. And I am seeing how I can be better. And I'm learning how my self-talk ain't always the best. (laughs) It ain't. And I'm getting better with the way I talk to myself Mm -hmm. and the way that I love on myself. And giving myself space to not know what's next. To not always have to put my best foot forward. Sometimes I don't know how. Sometimes I get scared. And I'm giving myself space to be honest and say that shit. Yeah. And that's just that. I love telling myself, I don't know. I'd be like, I I just, I don't know. <laughs> and it's okay. I don't have to know. I don't need to know. I'm just going to go throughout my day. Yes. It's a journey. Mm-hmm. Everything changes. But I tell myself, it always works out. It always works out. Like, a thousand percent, it always works out. Uh, I guess we'll end there. Okay. And now it is time for our last segment, What Am I Watching Right Now? So what I'm watching right now is called Snowpiercer. Never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a political dystopian fiction. It tells the story of the last of humanity Mm. on this train because the whole earth is frozen. And they're all surviving on this train. If the train stops, they all freeze to death and and they die. But what's really cool about this show is that it reflects our economic system a little bit. Like the top of the train are all the elite 
the richest people. Got you. They put money into building the train. Second class is like your white collar people, lawyers, educators, doctors. The third car is working class. So it's everyone who does like the manual labor. And then the last car are people who stormed the train because they wanted to survive. Mm. They don't have food. They don't have medicine. They feed them these like little grounds of meat. It's like roaches. So they're they like almost them. the homeless. Yes. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is literally how, not literally, but it's very similar to how our economic system is set up. It mirrors and, it. Yeah. And it's, it's really disgusting. But it's fun to watch because um, the protagonist is this black guy. And he's about to start a rebellion and tear the whole shit down. Really? So in the face, in the face of life or death, he's trying to get shit worse, make shit worse. Yes. He exactly. said, fuck it. <laughs> You know what? Free or die. You know what? (laughs) He's stressing me out. But it's so good. It's like action packed. It's drama. Um, And I love a dystopian fiction about the end of the world. I don't know why. You want some (laughs) I Am Legend shit? (laughs) That's one of my favorite movies. It's an amazing movie. It's so good. He's my favorite actor. I love Will Smith. So yeah, like I am like Will Smith junkie. I'm not a fangirl, but like for him, I'm a fangirl. And Beyonce, the whole family. Yeah, I love like Red Table Talk. Oh yes, (laughs) yes. Okay, so the show that I am loving right now is Queens. Yes, with Eve Natori. Yes, oh my God, I love the show. I decided to watch it because, again, I feel like sometimes what attracts you to things is really like somewhere within you it like speaks to something that's a part of you right yeah so when i saw a billboard with like brandy and them i was like okay they're cute okay but i really wasn't interested in the show mm-hmm. i decided to watch the breakfast club that they went on to okay. talk about the show and i listened to the girl i think her name is nadine the spanish okay. star yeah and her story made me watch the show so um, apparently did you watch the show I did watch the show, but I didn't hear her story. Okay, what well, her story on the show? Are you talking sorry, about? Sorry, on the interview at the Breakfast Club. Okay. So on the Breakfast Club, she went on a show, and she talked about because she's the only person that no one knows really. Like right. she's not the yeah. easy. First, I was like, why did you choose her? But then it made sense. Right. It speaks to the nature of the world, and they were trying to get ahead. We need someone like her to get ahead. But her personal story was that she was acting for a long time and just never really got like her big break. She got to 40 and was like, you know what? I'm done. Moved to Dubai. Gets a call from, like, an old friend in the industry who, like, is a screenwriter or, like, a show producer or some shit. I can't really remember it verbatim. And they're like, I have this girl in mind for a show that I'm working on with, like, you know, Eve and Brandy. And you will be the perfect person to, like, read for this character, but you're not acting anymore, right? She's like, no, I'm not acting. And I love how when she stopped acting, she decided to move to Dubai. Like, yeah. that's amazing. It was. And it's heavy, right? <laughs> yeah. But eventually, like, he kind of, like, prodded her enough, and she decided to read and got the part. So when she wasn't looking, it came. Wow. And that sold me on the show. <laughs> that <laughs> that right there. Story. You know, it was just so inspiring. I could relate to it. I watched the show, and the show was amazing. So good. Oh my God, the talent, the yeah. bars, Brandy. I love how each of them were both 
musicians, but also had like hit TV shows. Yeah, all of them, well, except for um, Nadine. Yeah, and I love Brandy. Like I'm a Brandy's mm-hmm. fan. Like she on my playlist from top to bottom. Like mm-hmm. so, I've always loved who she was. I love Moesha. So I was happy to see her get like another show and. I wanted to see her rap, and she does really good. And then I started to really love, like, all of the characters yeah. and the storyline. I just think it's a it's a really, like, well-thought-out show. Yeah. Um, there's also another girl that I love, the one who kind of embodies, like, the Nicki Minaj persona. Oh, yeah. I looked cute. her up. <laughs> I looked her up. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to know more about her. Like, who is she? Because I like her. I like her. Hello, fiery little attitude. I like how she dances. She's really cute. Mm-hmm. She's actually from Africa. Oh, yes. I can't remember. remember the part, but I was really excited to find out like she's a full blown like Africa African, yeah, and I was like that's so cool. And then I like mm-hmm. started to see like some of the roles she got to do. Like she played like Angela Bassett when she was young on like a different show. I think it was nine one one. I can't remember because I didn't watch the show, but I seen the pictures okay. from the show. And you know she's been doing some things, but like this is like a big thing for her. And I'm just excited to see her. A black woman is winning, doing yeah. well. Just it was. It's just so many new faces on this series too. Like you're not seeing yeah. the same. Right, Hollywood. It's like they're so familiar, but yeah. everyone else is pretty new. It's like yeah. breaking a lot of new stars, mm-hmm. and I think that's awesome. Yeah. So, great storyline, but I I was drawn to the show based on Nadine's story, if I'm saying that correctly, and then I continued to watch the season because it's a great-ass storyline. It is. So, that's my show. so much for joining us on another episode of everything is everything and we cannot wait to see you guys back here next week bye bye